0: we're gonna get the call here we're getting the right call that's all that matters after review good call. good goal after reviewing the play the call on the ice stands we got a goal
1: and welcome back to under review i'm greg he's steve what's up steve
0: Hey, Greg. Um, it's been a while, but I've had a pretty, pretty busy two weeks.
1: Yeah, no, we, ha- we haven't we have recorded in a while. Um, things have been a little hectic. You've been traveling a bunch. I've been working a bunch. Um, so we really haven't um, podcast as much as we would like to. Uh, we're going to start amping that up now, so things are starting to come a little bit more into the fold. But, um, I mean, but yeah, I mean, We have a lot to discuss. I mean...
0: We're going, to, we're going to talk about uh, uh, our, both our trips to Nashville, where we finally got to meet each other in person. Um, my my trip to Helsinki, we'll talk about and being over a point-per-game player, the emergence of Fox and Kako, uh, a little bit on the Leas and Howden situation, and then we'll end it with uh, a little bit about Zibanejad's injury situation. That That will be basically what we'll talk about today.
1: Yep, uh, I think that's probably all the, all the stuff that's been going on the past two weeks. So that, that seems about right. So, yes, yeah. yeah, so let's, let's let's start off with um, with uh, the game in Nashville. Um, so, we just won that game 2-1. to one. Um, What was your take on the game? Um, I actually watched the
0: Nashville Predators play twice that week because I flew in on Thursday morning uh, from LaGuardia. And the tickets for the game against the Flames, Calgary Flames, on uh, Halloween night, They were only $40, so um, we decided to get tickets, um, and we went to the game against Calgary, and that was was amazing. I think the tickets were, the exact price was $44, and the game ended in a 6-5 overtime win for Calgary. We saw 11 goals for $44. That is by far the best goal-per-dollar ratio I've ever had at an NHL game. Um, so yeah, the Nashville Predators were not that great defensively in that game. Mm. They were much better against the Rangers, but the Rangers matched them in every way. They matched them in in, in the physicality. They matched them defensively and offensively. Philip Hedl had a monster game in Nashville. Um, Georgiev uh, was was really good. Uh, Haley uh, had a uh, had a fight with, uh, what's his name, Watson, Austin Watson. Yep. Everyone was noticeable uh, in that game, and it was a hard-fought 2-1 win. Um, but, you know, it's nice to, you know, when you fly all the way to the U.S. from Europe to see at least <laughs> win. Uh, so I was very happy about that. And, uh, yeah, I got to meet you in person for the first time, which was also
1: pretty cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um so quickly on the game, I'll, I'll say this: is that uh, the, the the thing that stood out the most is um, um, not having stall uh, on that blue line um, really does make a difference. Actually, I mean the, the defense looked a lot better that day. I would even argue that the games he hasn't played in, the defenses look better. Um, I know that's I know a lot of I know a lot of the Rangers organization like Stahl as a person, but. Um, you know, his time really has come and gone. He's just too, too slow for the team. And, uh, you know, I just think that guys like Lindgren and, and Hayek and, and, and Fox are just better suited than he is at this point. So, um, it's just, you know, it is what it is kind of thing. yeah. Um, and and-, and that's a lot better. Uh, Heedle, I thought Heedle was the best forward that night. I mean, he was all over the place. It might have been his best game I've seen him play. And actually, you know what's funny is, let me retract that. I feel like every, a um, couple of weeks now, I'm saying this is his best game. Like he is constantly improving. I mean, this is this is a really good Philippito. Um You know, I, I know I've went on to say that I, I think he could be like a, a lighter version of of Evgeny Malkin, and, and I don't mean point production. I just mean in style of play. Uh, so I just want to get that straight. But um, if he fills his body out right, like he's just got a lot of tools, man. And I, I, it's it's just fun to watch him use his hands and 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 you know that. I mean. <laughs> that goal we scored was was absolutely fucking.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was a great goal. And and what you said about Mark Stahl is also true. We've been over this several times uh, on this podcast about how we didn't expect Mark Stahl to be a healthy scratch because of how the organization sees him. But uh, credit to David Quinn, and I, I'm I'm not a huge fan of David Quinn. Uh, I don't hate him either, but you know I think he has room for improvement. This was one of the one of the better decisions. Uh, calling up Ryan Lindgren, who all he had to do to be better than Mark Stahl is not be a liability on the ice because Mark Stahl was uh, uh for all the good things he's done over his career when Mark stahl's on the ice lately, he makes everyone around him worse because they have to cover for him they have to clean up his mess so when you have he he's he's a he's a net minus player so when you replace Mark Stahl with a player who is a third pair defenseman at the NHL level, or even a fringe seventh defenseman, that's already an improvement, and that's what we saw when Lindgren entered the lineup. And Mark Stahl has has played, I think, one game since he was scratched. Now he's out with injury, but the defense looks just so much better, so much more composed, uh, and <clears throat> yeah, it's it's nice to see that we finally get what we've been asking for for years. Chicago is healthy, scratching Brent Seabrook. The Rangers are healthy, scratching Mark Stahl.
1: Times are changing. Yeah, completely agree with that, man. Um, so, as far as the <clears throat> as far as the Rangers are concerned, um, like I think I think the biggest takeaway I've gotten from you know what I saw there is that. Um the kids are the kids and, and this is basically the theme that we're gonna have for the next you know couple games that we recap is that the kids are all right, man. The kids are good. Let the kids play. They've they've got a lot of ability. Um so I, I just I just want to see the kids keep playing, and I don't care win or loss, when or lose. Like just just let let these kids keep playing. Um so moving did you watch the Ottawa game? Because that's the one game I did miss over the last over the last two weeks.
0: Uh I I watched the Ottawa Senators game. Um it was it was one of those games where nothing worked, you know. Um, as good as they were against the Lightning and against the Predators, I was hoping that they could, you know, build on that. <coughs> right. But fortunately, that didn't happen. So uh, they they had a they had a bad game. They lost six two. I think the score line doesn't really reflect how uh, it, it doesn't really reflect how how close the game was closer than six two. Let's put it that way. Okay. Um, but, you know, everyone says, oh, we lost to the Senators. Yeah, but last last season the Ottawa Senators were by far the worst team in the league and they still beat the Tampa Bay Lightning, who were probably the best regular season team in two decades. This is hockey. You know, uh, pucks bounce and uh, it's, it's a game of inches. It's a game of millimeters. Things happen. You know, bad teams win games. Uh, no team in the NHL will ever go 0-82.
1: Matter of fact, I mean, we we beat the Lightning a couple of days ago. You know what I mean? Before that, so
0: yeah, yeah. we we beat the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, the the game before uh, they they flew to Nashville for the Predators game, right? So, and, uh, but since, since then, I mean, they 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 beat the Red Wings five one, who's also one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, Lunquist put up a stellar performance against the Hurricanes, where. The Carolina Hurricanes had, I think, ninety uh, chances they created, ninety, and uh, I think forty-six or forty-seven shots on goal. Um, yeah, it was
1: creeping. It was creeping up to the fifty mark. I remember towards the end, towards the latter part of the third period, I think there was like there was about like uh, there was 40 shots on goal. Wow, we might see we might see fifty. Uh, we didn't. We didn't. We didn't see fifty. I thought it, we were creeping up there.
0: I mean, it was close to fifty. Um, yeah, so we, we we won that game. We beat a good Carolina Hurricanes game, which still it sounds weird for me to say that there's a good Carolina Hurricanes team. They are like that one team that always, you know, is just bad, yeah. but they have a good young team and they have some really exciting players like Sebastian Aho and Andrei Sveshnikov, Martin Neches who's coming through the uh, the organization. It's it's a fun team to watch, and the Rangers beating the Hurricanes. I don't think. I, I, I did not expect that, and I don't think a lot of people expected the Rangers to win that game.
1: No, and and that 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 Hurricane game was was really interesting. I mean, like, like um, you know, Booch had a fabulous game. Aaron had a really good game as usual. DeAngelo was really good. Um, I think Fox scored a goal. So I mean, like, you know, the the offense, and I think we've talked about this before. The offense is going to be there. Like, um, this 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 team. You know, especially when Zabanajad gets back, and we'll talk about that later on in the in the program. But you know, this team will score goals. The problem is, is can they hold other teams down? Can they actually play some team defense? Which um, I do want to get to at some point is that you know we we do need to talk about Lindy Ruff at some point and say you know enough is enough and maybe a change of scenery is good because you can't consistently be bad on bad all over the place. Um, and and not try to shake it up on you know uh, with a new defensive coach. So, um, but like I said, they played well against Carolina. They played well against the Red Wings. They won both games. Um, you know, like I said we had a bunch of goal scorers against the um, against Carolina, <clears throat> against the Red Wings. Uh, Booch had a fabulous game. D'Angelo, Panera and all the all the regulars. Um, you know, I, I remember. correctly, I think Kreider had a goal that game too. So. Everyone's been, putting, everyone's been producing. Like all, all, all your forwards are producing, you know? Yeah. Um, and then we move on to the Panther game. Um, the Panther game was, was interesting. So it was one of those games where we should have won that game, but we just kept coughing the lead back up. Um, so no surprise they lost that game. Um, the, uh, there was one goal. Um, I think some people said, you know, Do you see the Barkov goal? I mean, that's just like sick. Oh, but Barkov is one of my favorite players in the league. That was just sick, dude. There was, I mean, there was – that was just sick, that goal, man. Like, I, like in, in all seriousness, like, um, Lundqvist had absolutely no chance stopping that. Like, I don't care. I, don't, I, I didn't even matter. Like, that, 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 that snipe was just stupid. So um, can't be upset about that. Um, you can be a little upset about the, the Rangers team in general and, and kind of their, their team defense – um, but you know, you know, Dadanov and Barkov had monster games. That's gonna happen. There's nothing you could do about that. Um, offensively, you know, the same, same, same people. You know, uh, Panarin had a good game. Heedle had a good game. D'Angelo, so forth and so on. Um, but the problem is, is we you know, couldn't play any defense.
0: Yeah. And um, you know what? You, you earlier you said you know the kids will be all right. Um, the last two games. The Rangers have scored eight goals. Um the, the, those goals were scored by Ryan Lindgren, Philip Heedle, Brady Shea, Capo Caco, Chris Kreider, and then last night, Capo Caco twice and Adam Fox. So the only player, uh I think I think seven out of those eight goals were scored by players like age twenty-five and 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 younger. Right. Um, it's, it's crazy how, how good the players have been. And the game last night, let's just go to the last game that we'll talk about against the Penguins. Um, it was a multi-goal game for 18-year-old Capo Kako. Yeah. He yeah. is the first ranger to, to have a, a, a multi-goal game at the age of 18. And... You know, there were some doubts about Kako early on in the season because he didn't get his points. and there was one game against, I think the coyotes where his ice time dropped to below ten minutes, and people were freaking out. But the last seven games, he has five goals and one assist. He has seven points in the last uh, six points in the last seven games. yeah you, know, you have to give these kids some time, and especially Kako, who came over from Finland, you know it's a, it's a big adjustment he's been in in north america for a few months now and the last couple of games he has been he he, he 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 finally had some some luck with the puck and that first goal last night against matt murray the breakaway goal he makes it look so easy and when you look at the goal you're like oh that that move doesn't really look that special but when you look at it from the the other angle you see how patient he is he waits for murray to make a move and then he has the awareness, the skill, <coughs> and the patience to move the puck to his backhand and not even not, 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 not just lift it over the goalie, no, just go around the goalies, the goalies paths. I mean, that's those are the goals that he scored in Finland for the last two, three years. Um, that, that's the type of goal he scored in the world championship, not the under twenties, not the world juniors, the men's world championship against Canada. He scored a goal like that against a Canadian national team uh, where Montour and, and Darnell Nurse were on defense. So yep. we, or at least I knew he could do this, and now he's doing it in the NHL, and it's amazing. Yep. Uh, Adam Fox, I think, has been our best defenseman. I, I have no problem stating that. Um, some people might say that Jacob Trouba is our best defenseman. I think Fox has been better. overall. Oh, I, of- think Fo-
1: I think Fox has been better, and I don't even think it's close, to be honest with you.
0: When you look at when you close. look at offense and defense, like the whole picture, what a defenseman should offer. Adam Fox is better than Jacob Truba. And the that overtime goal against Pittsburgh last night, oh my god. I mean, I have I have not been this happy for a regular season overtime goal in a long time. Adam Fox enters the zone and he he sees Kako skating up from his left side. He moves to the middle, and without looking, he passes it to Kako as an easy tip-in. I mean, that was just amazing. And Kapo Kako now is... uh, And and I looked this up this morning when I woke up. He is the uh, fourth youngest player to score an overtime winner in the NHL in the salary cap era. The only three players who scored an overtime winner that were younger than Kako last night...
1: Are Sidney Crosby, Patrick Lyonet, and Jordan Stahl. That's a pretty good company. Yeah. I kind of figured when you when you when you said that I was like, I probably Crosby's probably one of them. Yeah, Crosby's one of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but also he's he's one of only eight players
0: who scored six goals in his team's first 16 games, uh, 18 years old, uh, in the last 23 years. And that list includes player, it doesn't even include McDavid and Crosby because Crosby ago, uh, only had five goals in the first 16 games and McDavid got injured after the 15th game of the season in his rookie season. Right. Uh, but there's guys like, uh, of course, Liney again uh, but also Kovalchuk. So, what Kako has been doing the last week or two uh, he's really gotten more comfortable and, and aside from the goal, you can see that he's more comfortable with uh, you know being on the ice and going into the corner and batt- battling for the puck. You know, he just needed some time to adjust and, you know, fans should just be patient sometimes because if you if you go through, like, conversations on Twitter and in Facebook groups and on forums two, three weeks ago about Kako, man, there were so many complaints. And, yeah. you know, like you said, the kids will be all right. Fox and Kako needed some time to adjust. They will be all right. Philip Heedle was called up and he is... Better than ever, as you said, better than ever. Um,
1: yeah, this is a whole different Filipino that um, I don't think people are used to singing. I mean, he, he yeah. looks like a completely different player this year. It,
0: it is, it is. completely different player. And we have so many young kids, you know, coming through the pipeline as well. Uh, we still have Keandre Miller in college. Uh, Morgan Barron, who leads the entire NCAA in points per game. He has 10 points in the first four games of the college season for Cornell. Um, Nils Lundqvist, who is dominating. Uh, he was at the under-24 uh, Nations tournament in Hels- Helsinki that I went to. Uh, he was by far the best player on the ice in, in all three games he played. He plays like a veteran uh, as a 19-year-old. Um, and luckily, I had the opportunity to sit behind the bench for one of the games um, because that is had this weird system in Helsinki where the fans were on one side of the arena and the scouts and uh, reporters were on the other side behind the bench. Mm. Um, but someone uh, actually <coughs> wanted, wanted to interview me for Finnish television, so I had a chance to go to the other side of the arena, and then after the interview, I was able to sit behind the Sweden bench. And that's what I like to do. You know, I like to observe players as they skate off the ice. I want to see how they respond to their teammate having a bad shift. Um, who do players turn to when, for advice? And every time they look at Niels Lundqvist. This is this is an under twenty team with with players like like uh, Samuel Vagemo, who was drafted by the the LA Kings, and Niels Hoglander who was drafted by the Canucks, and so many other good good young players. And Niels Lundqvist is. Together with Ginning is just leading that team from the back end, um, and then Carl Hendrickson, who was the second round pick this summer by the Rangers, um, he had a uh, he had a really good game against um, against Finland on Sunday. Um, it's, there's just so much
1: to be excited about, you know. Yeah, I, I you're absolutely right. Um, <clears throat> so go to going back to um, the the kids theme here. I mean. Um, looks like Kako's finally i mean he, he he's he's found a groove for himself now he looks a lot more confident he's got a lot of swagger in his game now he's got a lot of a lot of um confidence you know he's, yeah. he's not he's not playing with with uncertainty he's he's attacking he is he is like you know like he is salivating for pucks and he is aggressive out there you know he's aggressive going to the net aggressive taking shots aggressive making plays like it it, it looks like he's found his his he found he's found his swagger he's found his niche yeah yeah exactly
0: and, and, and he, he needed he needed a couple of weeks to adjust to the lifestyle and to the new team and um I I, I saw a report that the Rangers uh, brought over to omorutu who is their uh, uh, who's working in Europe for the Rangers to you know to guide these these young players they brought him over to New York to uh to sit down with Kako and and it really helped. You, you, can, you can tell that he is a, he's a different person now. And um, I know a lot of people said, you okay, know, Zibanejad yeah. speaks speaks uh, Finnish and this and that. And while that is true, you have to understand that someone speaking your language isn't enough. Yes, it's nice to have a conversation in your own language, but it's so much more than that. And a guy like Rutu, who's also from Finland, knows... What, what it's like for a player from Finland to move to North America. So he had much more to offer to Kako in terms of guidance and advice. Yep. And I think that really helped because he has really gotten into his own. And the last two weeks, he has been on, on fire. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yes. Um, so, yeah, it's, 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 it's nice to see these young players do so well this early in the season. Um, and, and I get the feeling that the last couple of years, the NHL is more and more turning into a league for younger players. Um, when you have guys like Kel McCarr this season and Quinn Hughes and uh, Elias Pettersson last year and Matt Barzal the year before, you see these like, like 18, 19, 20, 21-year-old kids just just dominating and leading their team in points uh, uh, at some point throughout the season.
1: Yeah. I think I think one player over the last couple of weeks who probably who's played very well, and I don't think he's getting any kind of flair or getting any kind of talk. Are you going to he's, say DeAngelo? Uh, who? DeAngelo. Um, no, but he's a good one. I was actually going to say Pavel Bucnevich. Yes, yes,
0: Bucnevich has uh, has been has been better than expected because he, you usually expect him to you know go quiet for a few for a few games. But
1: he's this- been pretty, he's been consistent. That's the thing. He's been super consistent. I mean, he's you know every other day he's getting a point.
0: Yeah, and I, I think he has like six assists in the last four games now. Yep. Um, yeah. I, 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 let me let me quickly check what his uh, totals on the season are so far.
1: Um, I've just I've just loved what I've seen out of Pavel Buchnevich. It's like yeah. he's he's quietly putting up the points. Uh, two he's goals not with any flair.
0: Yeah, two goals, 12 assists, 14 points in 16 games.
1: I mean, he's at a point per game. Oh, he's almost a point per game player, yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: that's um, what I'm saying. He's, he's quietly had a very, very good season so yeah. far. Quietly. Without anybody talking about it, he's quietly had a very, very good season so far.
0: You know so, you know who was a point per game player until last night?
1: Oof. Um, on the Rangers? Yeah,
0: he didn't get a point, so now he's just under a point per game.
1: D'Angelo? Ryan Strom, Ryan Str- fucking Ryan Strom, man. Well, you know, he, Ryan Strome is an interesting thing, man. It's like I have no idea what what what's going to happen with this guy. Like, I don't know if the Rangers view him long term in their plans, or if the Rangers think that he's a flippable asset, or if they look at it like both, like whatever the, you know. If a deal comes along, they can't turn down. They they won't turn it down. I I don't know what their plan is for him. Oh, oh. Uh, correction,
0: <laughs> correction. He is still a point per game player, sixteen and sixteen.
1: Okay. Um, well, you know, here's the other thing too: uh, playing with Panarin is going to do that for you. True. True. Yeah. That that's a good point. Um, you put anybody with Panarin, and they're going to get they're they're a point per game player.
0: I, I think I think I can get thirty points in a season if I play with Panarin. I cannot even skate, so.
1: Yeah. Exactly. All you have to do is just be on the ice, and you'll just by osmosis just the puck will hit you and then it'll hit it'll hit Panarin stick and it'll go in and you'll get yeah. a point. Speaking of Panarin on pace for 97 points this season. Unreal dude. He is worth every penny and then some. So all those fools out there who said, oh, why do you want to pay Panarin? Why do you want to pay him? He, you know, eleven million dollars, man, that's a lot of money. Who wants to pay him? He's not a superstar he's not a superstar. He is an absolute fucking elite superstar. So he is the best player this Rangers organization has had since Yaramir Yager. Yeah. I will.
0: I will agree that he is a an expensive player. Eleven million is expensive, but he's worth it.
1: Yeah, he's worth every penny of it. He is I, worth think, the I, eleven point six million. I think the one thing about Panarin's game that has really stood out to me this year. Um, and and it's it's not something that you really notice too much unless you watch a lot of his games and obviously I didn't when he was playing Columbus I didn't watch a lot of his games unless he was playing against the Rangers which that was not very fun but um, the one thing that I did notice about Panarin this year um, that has really been apparent is his play on defense is really really good like he's a better defender than than I ever thought.
0: Yep. Yeah, and, and it's it's, it's very it's something that you don't really hear about because, first of all, he's offensively, I mean, he's just great. Uh, his, his point total since he joined the league at age 24, 77, 74, 82, 87. And on pace for 90-plus now. He's on pace for 97 now. So you, you, with players like that, you don't really hear about how good they are defensively unless... They uh, they they showed that as, that part of the game first, like guys like Bergeron and Kopitar and Barkov. Those are and, and Ryan O'Reilly. You no, know, those are like established names who always are always candidates for the Selkie Trophy, and everyone knows how good they are defensively. But a guy like Panarin, and this is also the fact that he's Russian. And I'm not even going to you know sugarcoat this. Russian players don't are usually not seen as good defensively. Even if they are. And Panarin is. Uh, he has made plays where he, where he breaks up a 2 on one breakaway, yep. and he doesn't get credit for it. No, no. Uh, he's, he does, he, he's, he's, he's tremendous. With his, his stick work is tremendous. He causes turnovers. The goal he scored against Buffalo, where, where he sees the puck like, like two inches off the defenseman's stick, and he just pokes at it. Yep. And then he's a breakaway, and he, he skates around the goalie and scores. No, that's you can say what you want. It, it was in, in the offensive zone. It's still a defensive play. I, absolutely. If you don't have the puck, it's a defensive play. Yeah. Uh, he causes so many turnovers. And it's just, it's amazing to, to see a player of this caliber wearing Ranger blue because, like you said, and I agree with you, I think this is the best forward we've had since Jager. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. I, yeah. I, he, I think he's better than Gabrik was in his prime. You know, what's funny. I, I, I made a hot post uh, saying using Messier instead of Jager because I wanted to kind of, I, I, I know how good Jager is. I just wanted to annoy people. So I wanted to kind of get people all riled up. But um, yes, and then, some, and then other people in that, in that thread actually made some comments about you know, Marion Gabrick. And I'm sorry. I think he's better than Gabrick. And I think Gabrick was a hell of a player. Gabrick was a hell of a player. Rick Nash was a hell of a player. Artemi Panarin is better than both of them. Yep. You know, it's not, a, it's not an unreasonable thing to say that. Speaking of Rick Nash, you know, the more I watch Capo Caco, do you see resemblance in Rick, in, in Rick Nash and him?
0: Uh, I don't know. Um, if I would have to compare Caco to a – I don't even know if I can compare him to a former Ranger, to be honest.
1: Um, I think he has a little Rick Nash in his game. And I'm, I'm talking about, like, the early early version of, of Nash. Obviously. Oh, like
0: young Rick Nash? Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> yeah,
1: uh, I'm, talk- I'm talking about, you know, prime Rick Nash. Not Rick Nash the last two years of his career.
0: No. Um, I, think, I think, that, and someone made this comparison, and I actually like it quite a lot. Um, a Capo Caco is basically Austin Matthews on the wing.
1: Yeah, I would, that's, a, that's not a bad one either. That's not um, a bad one. But yeah, I mean, Capo Caco's
0: all-round game at age 18 is just something to be very excited about for Ranger fans. Um, he's he's just he's so composed, and um, I think he, he scored in the shootout against Florida, right? He did, yeah, 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 he did. Yeah. We lost in a shootout, but he scored, so uh, that was the uh, like the 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 positive thing about yeah. the shootout loss. Um, but you you can you can tell sure. when when you walk into uh, uh, Madison Square Garden, I had it in preseason. Um, and, you know, um, last night my girlfriend went to the game and she was wearing a Capo Caco jersey from the under-18s. And she had so many people walk up to her to compliment her on the jersey. Yeah, people love Kako. You know, Caco is, is, is something the Ranger fans have never had. They had never had a homegrown talent of this caliber.
1: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the, the about, last, yeah, last God, the, the God. last time homegrown talent of his type of ability, um, is probably Brian Leach. Uh, Kako at 18 is a bigger prospect than Brian
0: Leach was at H18. Uh, no,
1: I know I I agree with that. I'm just saying, like, I'm trying to think of the last you know, homegrown player
0: that's I mean, that, I'm talking talk about
1: just skill. Like you, you know, this guy is gonna be a stud. Is the last person I can mm-hmm. think of that was that had that much ability was Brian Leach. Yeah, maybe, okay, Ko- okay. maybe Kovalev? Maybe. Kovalev.
0: I would go with Kovalev because they're both forwards. So it's an easier comparison. I think... Yeah,
1: if you're, if, you're, if you're just talking about forwards, I'd say the last person was probably Kovalev. The, the last my forward... Word, yeah, the last, my inability.
0: The last forward we drafted where we could be this excited about what they might become was Kovalev. Yeah. And, you know, Kovalev has scored, what, he had like 400 goals and 1,000 points. Yeah. I always felt that he could have done much more with his career. I, I feel like he, he,
1: he got like 60% out of, out of the possible 100. You know what's funny? I think, I think Kovalev was just my thought. I think he was a little... He was ahead of his time. I think Kovalev today would have dominated. Uh, yeah, Kovalev played in an era where skill wasn't the main attribute for players. No, it was it, it, it didn't hit that transit that full transition yet. He was a little bit ahead of his time. I think in today's NHL, he'd be a, you know, an eighty eighty five point player. yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Webber, one of my, one of my favorite players to watch in terms of ability.
0: Yeah, yeah uh, Capo Carco is, uh, is is a Ranger now, and it's still unreal. I, sometimes I still cannot believe that I can actually say this. Capo Carco is a New York Ranger. Yeah. And I followed him for two years now, and to see him wear a Rangers jersey and it's not a video game, that's it's so amazing.
1: You know, so speaking of players you like following around, so I know you're a big Leas Anderson guy, so what are your thoughts on Anderson so far?
0: Um, yeah, I'm not going to go into too much detail on this because, you know, a lot of, a lot of people know that I'm a fan of Leas Anderson Uh, And, you know, I might not be the most objective person, but I'll say this. Um, The way he has been treated this season is ridiculous. Um, I feel, and a lot of people agree with me on this, that he earned more than a fourth round, uh, than a fourth line role in preseason. He didn't get it. Uh, Brett Howden got the uh, third line center role out of preseason, which nobody really understood. But it is what it is. Um, he hasn't played well. Uh, he was a healthy scratch, I think, the game after Nashville against Detroit. He was a healthy scratch. Um, he's just having a hard time uh, like making, making a claim to, to, to get promoted to the third line. But I'll say this. Um, people always focus on which player deserves a promotion to the first line instead of looking at what player has not played up to par to keep their spot on their line. I feel that a change in the lineup can also be caused by a player being worthy of a demotion rather than a player earning a promotion. And honestly, I feel Brett Howden, with the minutes he has gotten, with the line mates he had, has, has not taken advantage of, the, of, the, of his opportunities. and. Personally, if I was the coach, I would send both Lea's and Howden to Hartford and call up Boone And then when Zibanejad is back, go with Zibanejad, Heedle, Strom, and Nieves down the middle. One through four. But um, if Howden and Lea's are going to be on the New York Rangers, Howden, Howden does not deserve to be on the third line. It's been 16 games. It's been a month now. He hasn't done enough to, to keep his spot on the team, in my opinion. And what's the harm in swapping those two players around? I mean, is it really going to change that much? I mean, every player on the team has played different roles, different lines, except for Elias Anderson. He's the only player who's been in the same spot all season long. And, yeah, I agree he needs to be better, but um, players need some leeway. Sometimes a player just needs an opportunity even if they haven't earned it yet, could you see him being traded? No, I don't see the Rangers giving up on a player that they drafted two years ago. Uh, this isn't the Rangers in 2015 where they traded Anthony Duclair in a package for Keith Yandel. Uh,
1: the Rangers are rebuilding. Um,
0: well, are that doesn't team.
1: mean that doesn't just because they no, no, traded no. doesn't mean doesn't mean that it's a that it's going to be a bad trade. I mean, do you... no, no, no. But I, I I don't see the Rangers giving up on a player that they've invested time
0: effort in for 2 years uh, before seeing what he can actually become i mean he turned 21 last month um he has been old enough to buy a drink for we're recording on the 13th yeah exactly a month ago he's been old enough to buy a drink for 31 days now in new york and uh, there are there, 90% of his draft class has not even played 10 games in the nhl yet and somehow we are ready to, to, to say, oh, uh, the Rangers are going to trade him. I don't see it happening. I don't see a scenario where the Rangers trade Leas Anderson in the next 12 months unless a team offers a <coughs> substantial package or a specific player that they like so much better.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's probably fair. Um, so speaking of then, what are your, what are your thoughts on... Um, so I know for a while there were some hot rumors on, um, on Pulvari... Uh, do you buy into those rumors? Do you think the Rangers are interested? Do you think it's all hot air? Do you think that um, it's not going to be a fit or maybe that the Rangers are just, uh, just blowing smoke? Or um, I think Paul
0: Yarvey is a player that a lot of teams in the league are interested in. Um, I also think that the Edmonton Oilers are not going to give him away for, for peanuts. They're not going to sell him for pennies on the dollar, so to speak. Um, if a team wants Pui RV, they're going to have to pay. I don't think the Rangers are in a position where they're going to give up more than they want to for a player who, as talented as he is, doesn't necessarily uh, fill a need on the team. If you think about it, the one, the one position where the Rangers are not lacking depth is wing. If there's one thing we need, it's a second-line center. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. If, unless, if you, if you, unless,
1: unless you're trading Chris Kreider at some point.
0: Yeah, of course. But if you look at the Edmonton Oilers, the player that makes the most sense for the Rangers is Ryan Nugent Hopkins.
1: Yeah, I don't know if that would ever happen, though.
0: I don't think it's going to happen because I don't think the Oilers are going to give up Nugent Hopkins for the price that the Rangers be willing to pay for him. But, yeah, who knows? Um, but Paul Yarvey is a good prospect, has a high ceiling. But at the same time, you have to be cautious with a player like that who um, hasn't really done anything. I mean, Ranger fans complain about Elias Anderson not, not showing enough on the ice. Boy, they're going to be very disappointed when, when, they, when, when they see Paul Yarvey play.
1: Yeah. yeah he, has,
0: I he has all the talent in the world, but he, he is... Oh my god, it's like it's like they it's like they removed his brain as a child or something. You know, it just it nothing 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 gets through to him. He's very talented and, and now that he's back in Finland, he looks much more comfortable on the ice. But um I, I don't I don't think Poyarvi is offering the Rangers anything they desperately need. Even if you know some people say, Oh, but but then we have another Finnish player which makes it easier for Kako. No, that's not the reason you trade for No, no. First of all, that's not the reason you trade for a player. Second, I think Puyarvi is struggling more with life in North America and, you know, adjusting to life in a different continent than Kako is. If anything, Kako would help Puyarvi uh, uh, get used to life in North America. I mean, trading for Puyarvi to have him help Kako transition to life in North America is like Adopting a kid without arms so he can play board games with your son, it makes no
1: freaking sense yeah, Yard. I, I, I think i i mean I, I, i'm I'm big on pulvari I, I like him as a player um I like his ability he's somebody that i'd buy I would buy low on him though i mean i, I and I do think Edmonton, if they're going to move him, they're not going to get a lot for him at this point because they've kind of ruined him a little bit yeah the the trait that makes sense would be for full PoarV and
0: then you know even it out with like a pick or something on, uh, on either side but I would pro- and I would probably do that that I would do because a rental crider for Edmonton makes a lot of sense. he gets to play with McDavid so he yeah well, it might make sense for the player as well um, and you're not giving up any cost-controlled assets with, uh, with a lot of upside. You right, know, and, that,
1: and that's kind of the trade I'm talking about, is if the, play, if the Rangers want to make a trade, my suggestion was going to be something like Kreido for Polari. Plus, and then, you know, maybe some picks here and there to kind of even it out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay, but the, the rumor that was going around was that the Rangers were going to trade Elias
0: Anderson for Pugliarvi, and I don't see that. That, that, make, that makes no sense. It makes, it makes no
1: sense. sense. For the Rangers, it makes no sense. Yeah, and, and I don't think it makes sense for Edmonton either, so. Um, probably, well, no. I could, see, I could see Edmonton wanting it more than the Rangers want it. Yeah, yeah, of course. But um, do the Edmonton Oilers
0: really need a young center at this point? They have McDavid. They have Nugent Hopkins. They have Dreisaitl.
1: Yeah, no, they don't. Matter of fact, what they need is they, they need Chris Kreider to put on the wing with McDavid.
0: So, yeah, we'll see what happens. But um, I don't see Elias
1: Anderson being traded. Yeah, I probably agree with that too. I, I just wanted to throw it out there because there's a lot of people thinking that the Rangers might want to trade him. I just, I don't see it. Of no. course.
0: I mean, the rumors will always be there. Uh, but like I said before, he's 21 years old. Uh, I don't see the Rangers giving up on a 21-year-old player that they drafted two years ago. Uh, and, and for context, again, uh, most players in the league now uh, still have, were, st- we're only coming into the league at this age. A player like Mark Shifley, uh, I'll just have to look it up quickly, if you don't, if you don't mind. I'll just look up Mark Shifley's numbers in his first NHL season, which was the same age as Elias Anderson is now. Um, let's see. He had um, yeah, 13 goals, 21 assists, 34 points uh, in his first full season at age 21. That's okay. It's not stellar, it, but it's okay. It's okay, but it's just it goes to show you that players need time to develop. Mark Shifley at age twenty-one had thirty-four points. Mark Shifley at age twenty-three had eighty-two. I'm not gonna. I'm not saying Elias Anderson will be a, a, a point per game player, but he's twenty-one. He's not done developing. I do feel that that something needs to change. Uh, either he needs to be sent down to Hartford or he needs to get a chance on the third line playing more than eight minutes because playing with Brendan Smith and Michael Haley is not going to
1: do anything for, for a player. I, I definitely agree with that. I think I think he's... I think, unfortunately, he's kind of in a rock and a hard place playing on that line. I agree. And last season,
0: we saw the same thing with Hedel, who was on the fourth line, and he didn't play well. He was playing with Cody McLeod, of all people. Um, and, you know, he, he, he didn't really... I, he, Philip Heedle didn't really earn a a move to the, to the second line. But when he got it, he actually made something out of it. Right. Um, and with, when Zibanejad's back, then something's got to give because you will have Zabanejad, Strom, Howden, and, and Anderson uh, as centers. Um, oh, sorry. Uh, Zibanejad, Heedle, Strom, Howden, Anderson. So you right. have five centers for four spots. One of them needs to move to the
1: wing or someone is getting sent down to Hartford. Speaking of Zabana, Jed, um, I do want to touch on that real quick. So, um, what are your uh, what do you, what are your thoughts about the the injury? Um, I know some there are some people who think it's a concussion, and I'm like, as long as the Rangers say it's not, I tend to believe that. Yeah. Um, I feel the same way. The Rangers say it's not a concussion, then I have no
0: reason to believe it is. Um, and there are other injuries that can take this long to uh, to recover from. There are other injuries where you have setbacks. Uh, a neck injury, for instance, um, which is not necessary. I'm not saying it's better than a concussion. It's still bad, but just because he's out for a couple of games doesn't necessarily mean it's a concussion. And... If the Rangers say it's not a concussion, then I have no reason to believe
1: otherwise. Yeah, I tend, I tend to agree with that too. Um, but there is there there was some reports out today that he that he should be back on the team soon. So
0: yeah, and he was already skating, so that that's that's of course a good sign. Yep. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting to see what's going to happen. Um, personally, I don't mind Zibanejad being uh, being out for a couple of games because. It uh it it hopefully gets us closer to a high draft pick.
1: But. Yeah. Um, Speaking, I was actually going to ask you: Do you do you? I mean, the, we've been playing very well the last two two plus weeks. Um, I, I assume you don't think that's going to be sustainable, correct? Uh, no. Yeah, I'm on the same page too. I think we're going to come back down to life at some point.
0: Uh, every team has 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 good and bad. Uh. Uh. You know. You know. Streaks. Um. Yeah. I, I just don't see the Rangers being, uh, being, this, being consistent. Um, and, yeah,
1: we're probably still going to be a lottery team. Yeah. I mean, think about this way. The next eight games, they got to play t- – I mean, listen to the teams they got to play. They got to play Tampa Bay, Washington, um, Carolina, and Boston. So four of the next eight games are against, you know, cup contenders we're mm-hmm. like not just playoff teams cup contenders you know boston carolina washington Tampa Bay, all teams that could win the cup and then the other teams there that they had to play against aren't aren't scrubbed like the panthers they panthers have beat them already montreal is not a terrible team minnesota's yeah probably not a great team but you know and then the Ottawa's has beaten them before so so don't think it you know the next two weeks and you know, the rangers could lose you know half those games and be more and you know they're only they're only five points ahead of Ottawa, which is the
0: worst team in the East. So, it's not. Yeah, I mean for, for the good streak they've had. I mean they have eighteen points out of sixteen games. They have a goal differential of
1: plus one. Um, this is that's, not- that's, and that's because they get, and that's because they, defensively they're when they're, they're bad.
0: Yeah yeah they are. Um
1: I, I but I think uh,
0: let me just look up the uh, the league standings cuz I think the Rangers are still I think sixth from the bottom which we were last year at the end of the season. Let me quickly check just to be sure. Um uh we're 22nd. We are tied with Dallas. Tied with Tampa Bay too. That's interesting. Um so, yeah, the teams, the teams that are worse than the Rangers at the moment are San Jose, who I expect to bounce back, Chicago, who I expect to be better than the Rangers, um, Minnesota. Oh, Minnesota. Minnesota. Minnesota should be better than the Rangers. Minnesota should be better than the Rangers. And then the teams that I consider worse or, you know, in like the same tier as the Rangers near the end of the season, uh, uh, Columbus, Detroit, New Jersey, and L.A. I think that's fair. I think Ottawa is going to be the bottom team. Which, by the way, can, can we talk about Ottawa Senators for like a minute? Because it, it, needs, it needs to be said. The Ottawa Senators have their own first-round pick, which the current uh, standings is the third overall pick pre-lottery. Right. But they hold another first-round pick. San Jose's. Yeah, I know. San Jose is crazy, isn't it? San Jose is the eighth worst team in the league at the moment. If San Jose does not bounce
1: back, Ottawa might have two lottery picks in, inside the top 10. So, why? In, in, in one of the best draft classes in God knows how long. For,
0: for, for all the shit that, that people gave to Ottawa Senators, Senators. For, for giving up their first round pick uh, that turned out to be Bowen Byron. They are now in a position where potentially they could have two lottery picks inside the top ten in what is the deepest draft in the last seventeen years. So wild so wild. It is, it is wild. It's amazing, and I love it. Um so yeah, I mean, uh, a lot can happen. The Rangers have had some good games. The Rangers have had some really bad games. Let's let's not sugarcoat it. I think at the end of the day, the New York Rangers will still be sellers at the deadline. Kreider will be traded. Strom, if there's an offer good enough, will be traded. Um, I think they will, they will hold on to Jesper Faust. Um, but the Rangers without Kreider, even if they only trade Kreider at the deadline. Uh, we saw last season what happens after the deadline when a team is selling. We lost Zuccarello, and we lost Hayes. And then we were just, we were just worse. If the Rangers are a bottom 10 team before the deadline, we are probably going to be around that six or seven spot when it comes to the draft lottery. Yeah, that's
1: probably fair. I think it's probably fair.
0: And one of the players, because when I was in Helsinki, I actually ran into Gordy Clark and Nick Bobrov, which was pretty funny. Mm. Um, one of the players I talked about with Gordy Clark for like a good 10 minutes is a player that would be available in that range. Which is Anton Lundell, a center from
1: IFK in uh, Helsinki, in the Finnish league. You know what I wonder? I wonder how they view him as opposed to Lucas Raymond. Um, I think I think the um, I think some teams will
0: have a problem with Lucas Raymond. I don't want to go too deep into these like prospects because not a lot of people know about this, but uh, Lucas Raymond is a potential top five oh. pick. Um, Same with Alexander Holtz. They're both uh, uh, Swedish wingers who play with Carl Hendricks the Rangers prospect. Um, I think Lucas Raymond, when it comes to pure skill, there's no question about it. He should be a top five pick, but there might be some consistency issues. There might be some off ice issues that, that teams are wary of. Okay. Um, And that's, that's, that's why teams have the combine, you know, they, they interview players. They ask all these questions To get to know players. And some teams are willing to gamble. And some teams like to play it safe. And I feel the Rangers usually play it safe when it comes to character. um, Which is why you see the Rangers sometimes reach for players you don't expect.
1: Yeah, I guess that. Because they
0: value upbringing and character. And I also feel the Rangers value bloodlines more than other teams. Uh, either that, or it's just a coincidence that we've had 12 players in the organization last season who had a direct family member playing
1: NHL hockey. Right. Which is which to me is really really bizarre. Actually, you know, I mean, I,
0: it is I, bizarre. But if you think about it, Nemesnikov, Ronning, uh, Elias right. Anderson, Patrick Verta, who is now long, no longer a prospect, but still, uh, Kevin Hayes, Vinny um, and I'm missing I'm missing one or two. Um, they all have a family member, a direct family member, who played uh, NHL hockey. Uh, yeah. Simon Schelberg, who was drafted last last year by the Rangers, Jakob Ragnarsson. Both their fathers played NHL hockey. Um, so I I get the feeling that the Rangers focus on
1: that more than other teams, but it could just be a coincidence. I think it's a coincidence. I don't I don't know. Maybe I maybe I maybe, maybe um. I don't know. Maybe I, I think, I think too highly of the, the organization. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's not necessarily a bad thing. To me it is. Why, why is it a bad thing? I mean,
0: I, okay. So, so let's say you interview two players. Yes. And one of them has grown up in an environment where they are exposed to like the cameras and, you know, the hockey world and, and, you know, the, the, the pressure that comes with it. What if as an organization, you see that as a positive, that when two players are equal in your book, that that's the deciding factor where you go, okay, listen, this kid knows what it takes. He has lived, he, he, has, he has been in that environment as a kid. Uh, he has a father who has played at this level. So he has the support from his, his family. His family actually knows what, it, what, what he can expect.
1: Is that necessarily a bad thing if you make that the deciding factor? No, it's not, so I'll, I'll give you that. I, I just, I expect, I, I, I think um, when two players are pretty close, I try to dive a little deeper and see if I can find something a little more tangible to separate them. Than it I, should not that be the, not defi- the, the, the deciding factor, uh,
0: or defining. It should not be a defining uh, um, thing, but when two players are, are equal or close, I could teams is- using that as a reason to pick this player over the other. Uh, like like Niels Lundqvist, for instance, played together, uh, played professional hockey in Sweden with his uncle. Right. And his father is, uh, I think, the sports director for for one of the other teams in the Swedish Hockey League. So these these bloodlines, you know, they have these ties in the family with people who know what it takes, you know, to work and live with this professional hockey environment. Right. I
1: don't I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I don't I don't either. To be honest with you. As long as you don't pass up on the better prospect because of yeah, it. Yeah, I, I think that's my thing is I just don't want it to be to, to have to, you know, hold any more weight than another factor that would be more transferable on the ice.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's it's if, if it's if it's like the deciding factor, like like if it's like a tiebreaker, like the 11th tiebreaker, for instance, in determining which of the two prospects you pick, then I get it.
1: Yeah. All right, I can see that.
0: I just noticed that the Rangers have a lot of those players in the organization lately where their father or their uncle or cousin has played professional hockey. Right. And I think think in hockey you have that more than any other sport anyway. Maybe. Because hockey is, like, the hockey community is very closed off to the rest of society. I mean, if you want to play football... You you put on shoes you 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 know you you walk walk up to a to a grass field with a couple of friends you have a ball and you can play. If you want to play baseball, you your dad buys you a glove and you throw a baseball around and someone comes along with a bat and you're done. If you want to play hockey, you need skates, you need uh, pads, you need equipment, you need uh, uh, you know you need a helmet, you need. It's it's and then aside from the equipment you need, you need to learn how to skate first before you can even play. So the uh, it's it's a, it's it's much harder to even start playing hockey in the first place than that.
1: I that, that I will agree
0: with. I, I then right. to play anything else, I mean, just just buy a basketball and find 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 a basketball court in any big city in the U.S. and you can play some hoops. Yeah, that's true right no and with hockey there's it there's so it takes so much more to even take that first step to play some hockey and i know you know there's like street hockey and, and everything but when it comes to playing like actual hockey there's so much more you need and i feel that the players who 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 play yucky for, hockey from a young age usually have played because their parents are either affiliated with like a hockey team or uh, they have the, uh, you know, they have the finances to even afford the hockey equipment. Uh, when I was a kid, I wanted to play hockey in the Netherlands and my dad l- literally told me that we couldn't afford it. Right. Because you need a stick and you need a helmet and you need gloves and you need this and you need that and, blah, and skates and blah, blah, blah. And I ended up playing rugby instead. All I needed was a t-shirt, shorts, shoes, and a mouth guard, which was five, five bucks um aside from the fact that um, i'm now 35 years old and i still don't know how to skate and i learned how to walk when i was when i was when i was very young so it's easier to you know get into all these other sports than it is to get into hockey
1: yeah that's a very fair point I'll, i'll admit that
0: i love watching hockey though i mean i've never played hockey but i'm
1: in love with the game Yeah, I mean, you make a good point about the, you know, what it takes to get into it. At a turn and, you know, especially at a young age, from the grassroots perspective, I get that. You're, it, you're, you're right about that. It's less accessible for the average kid than other sports are. I, definitely. I think, I think that's completely true. I, yeah. I, I definitely agree with that. So moving on. Uh, so we, we basically covered the games. Um, some of the, some of the kids we thought were, were doing well. Um, so real quick, do you want to kind of fill us in on, um, on, on the, 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 trip you, you, you made before we kind of, you sign off here, uh, the weekend in
0: Helsinki. Yeah, that was definitely worth it. Um, the, um, the under 24 nations was happening in, uh, in Helsinki at the same time as the Karyala cup, which is the Euro hockey tour, which is the men's level, uh, four nations, so I decided to fly to Helsinki for the weekend. It's only a two-hour flight from Vienna. Um, I got tickets for both tournaments. I got to see Jesse yeah, Puljarvi play on the ice, which is pretty cool. Um, then after the game, I went to the other stadium where they had the under-20 tournament. I saw uh, Finland uh, play against the Czech Republic uh, and Sweden destroying Russia 6-1, which was a lot of fun to watch. Um, but overall, it was a great experience. Uh, the Finnish under-20 national team had a meet-and-greet with the fans after the game, which was a lot of fun. So I got to meet Patrick Bristola, who was drafted by the Carolina Hurricanes, I think, last summer. Uh, Anton Lundell was going to be a top-10 pick. Um, and then I was interviewed for a, a TV show in Finland, um, which was really cool, actually. Uh, well, every time I travel, there's something happening. I either meet someone or someone wants to interview me. So that, that was a lot of fun. Um, and then I ran into uh, Niels Lundqvist's grandfather, <clears throat> who I met a year ago in the Czech Republic. Um, <clears throat> and um, I, I told him that, you know, I, I really wanted to meet Carl Henriksen, but I don't know if it's possible because this arena is so much bigger than the one in the Czech Republic last year. And I don't know how accessible the players are. And uh, he goes, uh, oh, no, after the game, just walk with us because we're going to see Nils anyway. So uh, uh, we, we can make that happen. So yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, and um, like I said, I, 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 I met Gordy Clark and Nick Bobrov at the game as well, which was a lot of fun catching up with, uh, with Nick Bobrov, who I've seen three times now. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and then after the game, I got to meet Carl Henriksen, uh, Lucas Raymond, Alexander Holtz. I got to meet Nils Lundqvist again. Uh, Overall it was just a a really fun experience Uh, And then afterwards The weirdest thing happened Uh, The bus left I got a picture with Carl Hendrickson He signed some pucks for For me, for one of my friends And I actually have a couple of pucks That I'm going to be giving away On Twitter soon Signed by Carl Hendrickson So if people are interested in that Keep an eye on Twitter Um, So I take an Uber to my hotel and I get to my hotel and there's the same bus. It turns out that the Swedish national team was staying at the same hotel. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> yeah, the next morning for breakfast, I walked into the restaurant and I saw all the players again. And, you know, was, I, I didn't want to bother them too much because, you know, they're like, it's when you have breakfast, when they have breakfast at the hotel, you don't want to bother them because, you know, they're, they're still people. Uh but yeah, it was pretty funny that um, that they actually recognized me from the night before. So uh, yeah, it was a it was a really cool trip. Definitely worth it, and uh, I'm really looking forward to the World Juniors in the Czech Republic next month. Uh, I'll be going to the Sweden Finland game, so
1: I'll see most of the same players again. Yeah, and you'll get to see a lot of kids that are going to be uh, eligible for the twenty twenty draft, which will be which will be fun too. Yeah, exactly.
0: And uh, uh, there's <coughs> one kid who plays for the Finnish uh, under twenty team who's draft eligible for twenty twenty one. So it's it's cool <clears throat> to see him this early. Uh Like I did with Kako, actually. Um right. I saw Kako play in twenty seventeen, and two years later, you know, they are draft eligible, and he would turn out to be a Rangers pick second overall. So who knows? Maybe one of these kids that I've seen play this weekend will be wearing a Rangers uh, jersey in Montreal. Who knows?
1: Um, That's possible depending on how much the Rangers, I mean, like we we talked about before that the Rangers aren't a very good team. So I expect, I fully expect the Rangers to have a top 10 pick in 2020. I don't think that's unreasonable to say that.
0: And with the way the Rangers
1: have focused
0: on drafting from Europe lately, I don't think it's out of the question to expect them drafting a European player again.
1: No, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. Um, although I will say there are a lot of, in, in this draft, in this 2020 draft, there are a lot of really good Canadian kids.
0: There are, there are. And, and guys like Byfield, who should go second overall, who's the best center in the draft, is great. But if the Rangers have like the fourth or fifth overall pick and, um, and they can choose between a guy like Holtz or Raymond... Uh, or a guy like Antoine Lundell, who's who's, more, who's, who's better at center, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Rangers go with a guy like Lundell. Because as much as I feel that you should always go with best player available, at some point, position does come into play. And the Rangers don't have that many centers in the system. They have, t- they have a ton of defensemen um they, they 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 have some really good young wingers that are either in the system or already on the team um at center they 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 desperately need someone so if it, i know that that you don't draft for for need you draft for skill and what they can do in the future but i think the rangers are definitely in a position where they could lean a little bit more towards a player who plays a position that they need the yeah
1: I think that's fair. I think it's true.
0: But, I yeah, it's, it's, in, it's interesting to see what's going to happen this season. I still believe the Rangers are a lottery team, bottom 10. Uh, and we're going to have a, uh, a nice chance in the draft lottery again.
1: I don't expect them to win, but who knows? Yeah, I think that's completely true. All right, man, good stuff. Um, anything else before we, uh, we get out of here?
0: Um... No. Well, one more thing that's pretty cool, actually, that happened. Um, or, well, it started off not really cool. Um, I had a, a jersey uh, that I bought in September that I had customized uh, at Cosby's. And uh, it first of all, it took seven weeks for them to customize, which is ridiculous. Uh, and I wanted to customize it with number 50, you know, Leas Anderson, and um, I finally, uh, my my girlfriend finally picked it up last week, and it turned out that they put Lea's Anderson on it with number seven. Oh, um, weird! Aside from the fact that that was the spot he was drafted in, I don't see how or and the number of minutes he plays in the game. <laughs> I don't see I, I don't see how they can come up with number seven. The number has been retired for what well, when did they retire number seven for Rod Gilbert? Was it like eighty-six or something? It, it's it's a it's decades ago dude. or like seventies, but yeah, decades ago. Um so yeah, that was a bit of a shock. Um and, yeah, I have, like, these warm-up pucks there from, from Lias that, that I had him sign, and, and players always sign with their number. So I have one puck that was signed with uh, number 50 and one puck that was signed now with number 28. And uh, I posted a picture on Twitter uh, of the jersey with number 7 and a, a picture of the two pucks. And as a joke, I said, hey, Lias, next time I see you for warm-ups, could you sign a puck with number 7 so it matches the jersey that they messed up? And um, I was, uh, you know, uh, a lot of people commented on it, you know, it was a lot of fun. And I went to bed and I forgot to uh, mute my phone before I went to bed. And then I woke up at 3 a.m. and I was like, geez, what's, what's going on? Why is, why is everyone, why is everyone uh, sending me messages? And it turns out it was notifications because Leas Anderson actually commented on it. Uh, saying I'll get you a new jersey instead. How does that sound? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I was like, "Oh shit, that's really cool." So yesterday he uh, sent me a direct message, and now we're just sorting out how to get that jersey to Austria.
1: Awesome, that's pretty cool, man.
0: So yeah, it's uh, that's just that's just uh, an awesome experience. So
1: it's something I still wanted to share before we yeah. uh, before we sign off. Yeah, that's pretty cool, and I assume it's with the number twenty eight. You'll get it right. I, I'll, I assume I'll get it with number 28,
0: which is not the number I wanted. I wanted number 50, but, you know, 28 is cool too. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, Rock the 28. I think, it's gonna be, I think he's going to be rocking that for quite a while anyways.
0: Actually, I, um, I know that he used number 28 in junior hockey in Sweden, so it might have some more significance to him than number 50, which was just randomly assigned in prospect camp in 2017. Yeah. That's possible.
1: Yeah. All right. All right, man. Awesome stuff. Let's see how the, the Rangers do the, the next couple of weeks. Um, they got some big games coming up uh, against yeah. some really good teams. Um, I'm interested to see how they play tomorrow against Tampa Bay and, and to go from there. I mean, um, let's take it one step at a time. But, you know, I don't expect very much from, from them, but I, I do expect the kids to get minutes and play well. And and that's basically what the formula has been. In, and let's just keep that
0: Yeah. because there are uh, only two games, actually, in the uh, upcoming week um i guess it looks like we're back to the early season schedule where there's like oh few, so
1: there's a so there's another week off we have
0: yeah there's a game tomorrow night uh or thursday night which is tonight when people are listening
1: yeah, uh well, and then, the, and then tomorrow's then, game is tampa bay
0: yeah and they played the panthers on saturday night right and that's and then they, they play. Do they have a week after that they're off no not a week but they play the capitals on a
1: wednesday That's not that bad. That's there's
0: like like a four day or like four day break in between, and then they play the Senators in Ottawa on uh,
1: Friday. Okay. Uh, That's not. That's not that bad. No, it's it it could be worse. But yeah, um, it's not like like it was the first week of the season where they they play a game and then they would miss twelve days.
0: At 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 one point, the Giants played more than the Rangers.
1: I know it's crazy insane um
0: so yeah interesting the florida trip i know some friends who live in in sarasota who will be going to the game in uh, in tampa tomorrow so i hope for them it's going to be a good game
1: yeah the tampa bay arena is a is a really nice arena man yeah ever uh, gotta check it out you should it's a really fun arena have you been there yeah 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 I, I i've been there before it's a really good one yeah i was there in december when they lost 6-3 i still had a great time oh nice yeah it's a really it's a, it's a cool arena man it's definitely yeah. worth worth checking out yeah so, yeah, two games in Florida, and then uh, we'll probably record after that for next week. Yep, As that sounds to be the plan. So, we're going to be back on this more weekly routine, guys. All right? Yeah, the, the traveling is behind us now. So Exactly. All right. Uh, so, yeah, let, so let's just get back at this, and let's just, uh, you know, let's go Rangers, or let's not go Rangers, depending on if you want a draft pick or not. <laughs> Hey, uh, what you told me before we started recording is that they only lose when you don't watch. So maybe you should stop watching. It is, it is weird. It is weird that um, I, because of my, my work schedule lately, I've, I've missed a bunch of games. The games I've missed are basically the games they've lost. I've, I've, I've only seen them lose one overtime game and one regular season game. And, I, and every win, I've, I've seen them win, <laughs> which is really weird. Whether it's in person or on TV, I've watched a lot of their wins. Yeah. So, um, yeah, maybe I should just stop watching games so we can get a we can get a, a top ten draft pick.
0: Exactly. But uh, you know, either way, this is just a, a this, is, this is a fun season with all the kids playing, and we just have to enjoy whatever we we get. And um, yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. Exactly. Oh, and, and one more thing before we before we end, um, I still cannot believe Carpo Kako is a Ranger. Yeah,
1: it is wild, isn't it? Cabo Caco and Ranger Blue is what dreams are made of. I No argument for me here on that.
0: <laughs> All right.
1: All right, take care, man.
0: All right, bye.